The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O There was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it had come from, although the servants who had drawn the water knew, The head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Do whatever he tells you. End of homily. Okay. Um, that's, that's Mary's word for us and in her reflection on her son. Do whatever he tells you. And so when we, we find ourselves in the Gospel of John reflecting on this mystery of Jesus showing up to a wedding feast in Cana, we can't help but think about the figure of Mary and how Mary and Jesus' interaction is a model in some ways, for married couples, which sounds a little odd at first, because, well, isn't Mary Jesus' mother, and how do we see that? Well, because Mary is the new Eve, and Jesus is the new Adam. And if in Adam and Eve all fell, then in Mary and Jesus all are lifted up again. Everything is made holy. Everything is sanctified. Everything is touched by the presence and the person of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus shows up at a wedding, it's not coincidental. It's not by accident. He wants to bless married life. And not only that, he comes into marriage in a unique way. He doesn't have the plan at that moment to reveal his glory. But Jesus chooses something that's very interesting to us. It's it's that he chooses obedience to his mother, the God of the universe, 
chooses to say yes to mom. And he chooses to bend on something that isn't going to break the world, isn't going to change the world, except for the fact that he now enters into married love and blesses it. And why, does it not, why is it not a big deal? Well, because it's not something about a matter of salvation, but Jesus comes into a wedding and he says yes to his mother. He doesn't choose to reveal himself maybe as he had planned, but he does so according to what Mary asks of him. And so what an important lesson for marriage to be able to bend when you think this is the end-all, be-all question in marriage. When you think this is the thing, this is the issue that we have, to be, we have to argue about. We have to break up our friendship or our relationship about this thing. But as we reflect in the letter of St. Paul, he says, we can't let anything separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so practically, though, how do we experience that? Because on a day-to-day basis, as every married couple here can attest to, marriage isn't easy. Marriage is not a cakewalk. Marriage isn't simply saying, yes, and I do, and that's the end of it, right? It's daily, moment-to-moment, choosing to say yes to one another, and knowing when to give on the things that aren't absolutely essential. They might feel like it at the time, you know, you, you just, you never put your, your razor on the other side of the sink and it's supposed to be on the other side. Or, you know, you, you, you don't fold the socks the right way or whatever it is, you know. The goofy things that become the places where we argue with one another. What does love say? Love says, I'm willing to choose a different way. To choose somebody else's way other than my preference and my delights or whatever I cherish. To say yes and I do daily, moment to moment. And the invitation of St. Paul then reflects or helps us to reflect upon that. What can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? St. Paul could have simply said, nothing, the end. Nothing can separate. But he, he goes on. Why? Because we all know that it's more difficult than that. In our hearts, we have to grapple with the times and the places where we feel like God is not present in this struggle. And just to name a few, we can think about some of the ones that our friends struggle with, right? Infertility. Or, uh, you know, the death of a loved one. The struggle to be faithful in the midst of infidelity and a culture that doesn't understand what fidelity looks like. A willingness to forgive when a culture says there are things that we can do that are unforgivable in marriage. And how do we reflect that mercy to one another? When we feel like our family and our friends are impinging upon our freedom, or our children impinge upon our freedom, what do we do in that moment? What do we do when the light of this day and the joy and the peace that comes from knowing God's love for you in this moment and on this day where you say, I do to one another, seems very far away? And when the darkness of the world impinges upon you, what are we called to do? That's when we can listen to Jesus' word in the gospel today. And what does he say? He says, fill the jars with water. And water in in the church is a symbol of the life of prayer, a symbol of giving our concerns and our difficulties, our struggles, and our moments of being on the cross with Christ. That's how we turn it over to him. We pray 
because that's how we fill those jars with water. And then what happens in that story? We don't get Boone's Farm. We, we don't get boxed wine. We don't just get a couple of gallons. We get 20 to 30 gallons, each jar, four of them, filled with the highest quality wine. This is the sort of thing that Christ does when we give him our sufferings. When we say, I don't know how to see you here when I'm suffering like this. I don't know how to feel close to you when I feel separated from the spouse that I love so much. I don't know how to be close to you when our life seems like such a mess. And he's the one who will fill it up and lift it up. And that happens here at the altar where everything that we offer, the bread and wine, the water that's poured into the chalice, becomes the body and blood of Christ, becomes that offering of Christ on the cross, and can teach you to love and to forgive, to be healed and to be made whole. And so that you can say again and again, amen, as you say amen to Christ in the Eucharist.